So, Marty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast. We have a pretty cool episode 232. This week, we have a Fumador to start us off. Thanks for joining us, Fumador. Thanks, guys. How are you and then uh, later on, we'll have Shelly. Uh, Shelly has a daughter who is eight years old and is a, a pediatric uh, cannabis patient who uses different types of cannabis products. And she's going to talk about, um, you know, uh, uh, treating uh, pediatric patients with, with cannabis and her experiences with her daughter. And um, uh, yeah, just, just life in a, in a changing cannabis state um uh in terms of uh legalities and how it's changed the life of her and the access to medicine for her daughter so it's going to be a, a pretty cool episode um uh, thanks a lot for joining us uh fumador um uh, if anyone is interested in uh, uh getting um uh, classes you can always be sure to check us out over apmjclass.com uh, over or over at uh, apmjnewts.com if you need newts for your aquaponic cannabis facility or your grow all right, uh, Fumador, uh, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, uh, you are, uh, have quite the cool um, uh, cannabis show. It's a, a definitely longer format uh, podcast compared to most others, but I kind of like it because I can kind of uh, just put it on while I'm you know, at a grow or working or, or working on something or working on different work stuff. I can put it on and just not have to worry about going back and clicking on to something else and, and you know, I kind of like that longer format where I don't have to go back and touch the radio again. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it wasn't, I didn't intend to have like nine hour shows and have like uh, Raptor was saying we're on the, I can't remember how many hours we're on the week. I almost don't want to remember the number, but uh, I don't know. The idea was at the beginning of like this whole weird year to kind of just, uh, I don't know, meet up and talk about uh, cannabis. I used to, I guess I was looking for pictures for, for my background. I'm used to being the guy that asks people questions, not the, the guy that asks questions, or is asked questions. But uh, we used to meet like once a month, a couple times a month, actually, but at least once, once a month at the Northwest Cannabis Club, where you've been actually a couple times. But we used to meet from my Portland Cannabis Tasting Society is what I used to call it. And uh, the idea was like we'd share people's weed, homegrown weed, everyone would bring it into different flavors, we'd share them kind of one at a time. But then obviously with this pandemic, like that, that was not going to happen. It was, uh, how do I put it? All this weed stuff has been like an all, uh, like an uphill slog. And I'm sure, you know, like uh, everything you do is just some kind of a weird uphill slog. And you feel like everyone else is pushing on you. No one else really is pushing on you, you're pushing on you with their thumb, but it feels like that somehow. Anyway, it felt like that constantly with the, the tasting society. Even finally, I found this amazing freaking place to meet. Like we had endless amounts of space and literally the next month, like the freaking pandemic was coming, whatever. So I don't know, I was just kind of goofing off with my friends. We had been like bullshitting on YouTube for a while. It was kind of like a, a lot of us were like YouTube fans, you know what I mean? Like we watched shows and stuff. Um, but several of us, uh, uh, who was it at this point? Farmax, uh, uh, girl, she doesn't really show up on, or a chick, she doesn't show up on, on YouTube so much. Uh, Molly, uh, who else? A couple other folks. They weren't really, oh, Tara Lee Live. She's actually kind of a YouTuber now, but even back then she wasn't super, uh, I don't know, savvy with the YouTube. So we were all just like, and let's all get together and kind of bullshit about uh, weed every like Wednesday or whatever. That didn't totally work out either. So then I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to do this shit live. You know what I mean? Like, just fucking go around, fuck it, we're going to do it live. So I was like, okay, fuck it. And then basically people just started to show up and little by little by little, like, 
We started to do longer shows. I don't know. This I, I realized this is just a ridiculous long story, but that's literally what it was. It was just like um, I didn't set out to be on YouTube. I certainly didn't set out to have like eight hour, nine hour shows, blah, blah, blah. But it just kind of ended up that way. And now it's one of those cases where like, fuck, how do I make the shows shorter? You know what I mean? Like, in fact, some of the fail, like Ginger, a few people are like, oh, you could totally cut like Wednesday in half. Da, da, da. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do that. And then Coop comes on yesterday and we're talking. It's like four o'clock in the morning. So yeah it's one of those things like you say I, I guess because people know that you can talk longer they sometimes come on to talk longer like coot sometimes uh how do i put this people come on sometimes only after midnight so i'll think like oh, okay we're wrapping up this happened a couple times like oh we're wrapping up you know it's gonna be a slow uh, uh, short show tonight and then suddenly i don't know pete comes on or somebody from the uk somebody from spain suddenly comes on we have this interesting conversation it's been really fun to do that kind of weird like spontaneous stuff i don't know how much longer i can keep that like complete level of spontaneity up but anyway it's been super fun until now yeah so why don't you tell us about some of the different guests that you've had on your show we've had even that was almost um half accidental you know what i mean like i, I wasn't sure where to take the show or what to do with it or what kind of profile or platform or anything else especially when you have like a small show you're not really sure like, how do i put this youtube doesn't promote you at all so it's like you don't really know if you're supposed to have guests or not so i was just like kind of winging it at first and so I, I knew a few people that came to the tasting society i had like uh, uh grass uh, grass co a couple guys that a couple brothers that do rosin so they came on shot the shit and we had uh, some fun conversations with uh uh, 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 behind the scenes 420 actually her husband um, extractioneering so we got to talk about something that was super new to me at the time even still now kind of new HCFSC he does the high terpene cannabinoid extracts it's still kind of BHO and everything else but it's a very different kind of BHO it's even like greasy and sweaty it's, it's super tasty anyway that was interesting to learn about Dude, we've had a bunch of other people. We've had you on the show. And then we've we've had like, uh, it's been really interesting to see how shows kind of develop friends of the show. You know, like, you'll see that. I don't know if you ever watched TV or something, you know, like Matt Damon would always come on, Jimmy Kimmel and fuck around. And then, oh, sorry, we, we don't have time for Matt Damon today. So like, I'm kind of having the same thing on my show where like Coop comes on all the time and talks about aloe. Or, you know, sometimes he'll talk about yesterday was super, super fucking fun. We need to get him to come on more. Uh, he was talking about old, like, you know, alleged, uh, you know, heist stories and whatever else. So that was kind of fun to hear how things used to be. He's told us like surfing stories. Hell, whoever, who else has been on? Uh, we've, how do I put this? One of the interesting things about my show is that, um, and I don't know how this comes off. It probably comes off like, hey, fuck you guys. But I, I don't mean it that way. I mean that uh, nobody pays me to do the show. Unlike I think a lot, of, I mean, nobody pays you to do the show either. So you get to do it the way you want. I guess that's the point that I'm trying to make. Like when you do the show your way and you don't have a boss and there's no advertisers and there's no nothing. I don't have an advertiser. Like I literally pay YouTube to do like the premium and I pay the fucking podcast. And like, so, you know what I mean? So I get to do what I want to do. And so what that's allowed me to do, it's been a little bit challenging. It's easier to find guests when you're like hawking something but it's allowed me to have conversations that I wanted to have you know so for example uh, Lemon Hoko came on and we were just I'm hopefully he's going to come on again he's basically another one of those friends of the show uh, we got to just bullshit about fucking weed you know what I mean we just got to talk about weed we didn't have to go on there and talk about his new product of the season or whatever because some sponsor paid for for him to be on for 10 minutes like he came on because he wanted to be uh we wanted him to be on there we had a great conversation I think mutually we want you know we want to have another conversation in the future that's been a super fun kind of element and um I don't know where that's going to go in the future. I guess I am babbling about this, but uh, uh, how do I put this? I've been trying to figure out what kind of guests I'll have in the future. We had Wayne Justman. That was freaking fantastic. That was like a, 
a weed history conversation. You know what I mean? We didn't have to sell anything. We didn't have to go anywhere with it. We just got to talk about stuff. You know what I mean? And it was it was super, super fun. We're hopefully going to have his friend. Of course, I wrote it down. I forgot her name. But he had a few friends in the kind of history of weed legalization, everything else we're going to hopefully have on. Uh, it's fun to have that kind of conversation, you know? Yeah, Wayne. Wayne's really good people. I know. Uh, and Wayne will tell you if I fly into San Francisco, he's the first person I go. I get off out of the airport and I, fly, I drive directly over to uh, the Castro and we get high as shit before I do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he doesn't he, he doesn't grow or anything else, but he just smokes everybody's weed, right? Yeah, he was the medical patient number one. He's been on the show, I don't know, That's probably awesome. six or eight times on this show. Mm. He's a good friend of mine. Um, I actually got to know him because I met him down in God, where was I? San Diego. And uh, this is back when Dennis was still around. And I met him at a rally down there in, in San Diego, and uh we were just you know, we hit He's fun as fuck to be around and he'll, he'll get, you know, joints around. He'll, he'll walk past the cop with a joint and then he'll be like. <laughs> and he'll fuck with them, like not like give them shit or insult them, but just kind of like fucking around a little bit. But then he like every cop, you know, in the city knows who he is because he was the medical mm. patient number one. And like right. he's friends with the DA and he's friends with like the, the kids. <laughs> were big activists so like when they were doing the raids last year he like just went and got in his car and went down to gavin newsom's house and went and yelled at him in person and i was That's like hilarious. you're awesome Dwayne. like right. ask him about it man when, when there's a right. problem politically in cali he'll just get in his car and, or, or get somebody to drive him over there and he'll go because he knows these people he knows right. everybody because he's been an activist for forever so it's funny as shit to hear his different stories and then him just all of his different stories about getting raided and i remember the one time he like had the whole swat team at the door and he's like well listen just put your guns down and everyone will surrender just don't shoot nobody <laughs> no right. shoot look we're all reasonable people here there's no right. reason for this to have this kind of interaction we'll come out and be chill <laughs> just just calm the hell down the stones you have to have He's just sitting there trying to be polite with him, smoking a joint real quick, trying to do it before because he knows he's going to jail for a couple of days. I mean, I'm going to go to jail anyway, but I just want to smoke and shit. But yeah, he's, he's funny as shit. Um, but yeah, he's super, super good. And, you know, he's been under the, you know, prison level lockdown over there in uh, fucking San Francisco. So <coughs> he's happy for any opportunity to, uh, to get out and socialize because they haven't been able to in person much out there, you know? So I love love having him on. Right. <laughs> but um, cool so tell us about your your grows and stuff like that. You're a big fan of a, a cultivar called Morgana. I see you post a lot about that. Um, tell us a little about the stuff that you grow. Well, I'm just basically starting to become a, a breeder. I don't know if I can even kind of call myself that officially yet because I've, uh, I mean, I guess I can, how do I put this? If you walk across the street, you're a... Uh, street walker, no, you're not a street walker. What am I trying to say? <laughs> Never mind, back up. <laughs> um, that didn't go quite where I thought it would. Uh, I was just trying to say, like, uh, I'm thinking of, you know, on, on the EO show, we've got several breeders on there, you know, like Family Tree Seas and Rasta Jeff and stuff, and they can obviously call themselves breeder. They've been doing it for a super, super long time, whereas I don't think I've been doing it all that long. Uh, so I'm like, I'm just kind of uh, dipping my toe in, in those waters. But uh, with that toe, actually, right behind me, that's Morgana. I've gotten to, to kind of, um, 
uh, it's oh, fuck. It's it's been a, a few interesting things. Long story short, I've gotten to sort of you know start breeding, right? And in the process of starting breeding and sending out testers to people, I've gotten to see this weird paradox where like my garden is growing in other people's gardens. You know what I mean? Like so, for example, my plants that I've kind of created, like this Morgana, I know her now. Like I can recognize her. She seems to grow really well in my garden. And now I see that plant basically growing in slightly different ways. You know, sometimes she has like nine leaves, sometimes eleven leaves, sometimes seven leaves, but like a recognizably similar plant in other people's gardens and that's been something I didn't really uh, uh, expect that honestly that transition kind of happened like um, maybe like a week 10 days ago there's been these weird um, kind of realizations where I'm like oh my plants are now growing worldwide like for example they're allegedly growing in France and it was just a fun thought I was like oh suddenly I created something that's actually growing in France but anyway uh, like babbling babbling I, uh, I like to grow um how do I put it? I never really explain the system. And so I guess I never have a, a, a short answer for it. I guess the simplest way that I could put it is uh, it's my version of a modified uh, living soil. I like to call it low till. So I, I do dig into the soil a little bit when I put a pot in or plant in. I don't uh, plant seedlings in kind of their, their final flowering place. I actually kind of veg them out somewhere else and then bring them to the flower place, but the flower place never changes. So like my whole growth style kind of is centered around the flower place, I guess, almost more than anything else. Um, so that's like the, the, the actual honest to God living soil. The rest of it is, uh, you know, recycled soil with, what am I gonna say, vermicompost, basically a simple coots mix with vermicompost, a little bit of uh, biochar, uh, what else, uh, rice hulls, blah, 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 nothing su too super complex, no like, um, no bottle newts, no any crazy stuff, just simple granular uh, nutrients. Uh, in like one gallon pots once they're vegged up big enough I throw them in the flower pots and then they go in that kind of living soil I, I guess I'm babbling but I never really explained my my soil system you know what I mean it's funny about how that works we were talking about this on my show like people might assume Coot was at some point thinking that I grew with salts or something I was like fuck you, you might assume any goddamn thing about how the way I talk uh, about my uh, soil but I'm always like um, I'm always trying to eliminate stuff uh, uh, not necessarily in um how do I put this? Not necessarily in like a frugal way. I'm not necessarily trying to, I am trying to save money on the garden, but the, the saving money on the garden is not the most important thing. I'm just constantly annoyed by uh, adding things that are not needed. So basically I've been trying to find, okay, do I need NPKs? Do I need, uh, uh, first of all, bottles? Do I need uh, extra mi microbes? Do I need teas? Do I need any of these other random things? And I've kind of toned it down now to, uh, I buy uh, vermicompost, I buy really good vermicompost from uh, Doug up here in, in Washington. Uh, and Clackamas Coot says it's like some of the best that there is. I've found that it's amazing. Uh, and then other than that, I have some down to earth boxes that I'm just basically paring through. And once they're done, I may only sporadically ever kind of add to that, like the soil mixture is rich. It's only basically like almost water only. Uh, you don't need to do teas. You don't need to do any, um, you don't need to do hardly anything. I add some fish hydrolysate. That's it. I probably don't even need that. You know what I mean? Like most of the stuff that I add, I could probably totally get away without using as long as I just make sure that there's enough decent vermicompost and worms in there and boom. Fuck, it's, 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 it's hilarious that this is probably the first time that I've actually sat here and described my system. I don't know if I've ever done it before, but that probably made no sense. You guys probably like, okay, you said some of this and some of that and some of that, but what can I tell you? So what, what made you decide to go with that particular style of growing? Is that something that you're already familiar with or is it something you want to kind of strive for? Or? 
It was something I wanted to strive for. Um, I had never had a good uh, hydroponic tomato. Coot uh, says this and I freaking almost laugh every time I, I hear him say it because I don't think I've ever had a good hydroponic tomato. I've had uh, hydroponic tomatoes that were okay. And I was like, oh, that's almost a tomato. But the only good tomatoes I've ever had came from literally like organic soil gardens. Um, never like cocoa, never whatever else. I've even had friends, I used to garden, you know, in like an apartment. And and uh, when we first moved in here, we used to do a lot of vegetable gardening, gar gardening and stuff. Uh, we've had friends that had weird ideas, cocoa, or they're going to grow only in peat or all kinds of weird shit for tomatoes. Because, you know, tomatoes are like a big hobby with people. I have never once had a good tomato that came from anything but just a simple organic soil. Like every time they did like, oh, I'm growing and whatever, it was always a shitty tomato. And so I thought, fuck, based on that, there's going to be no such thing as good weed that isn't grown in something organic. You know what I mean? And I didn't even know exactly what it was. I didn't necessarily know all the microbial interactions. I didn't know all the soil food webs and the flavonoids and terpenes, and all that stuff. But just kind of instinctually, I knew that there's some um, secret sauce or whatever in the, in the soil. I don't know. And it's, I, I guess that's, that's all I can tell you. Like I was, I was drawn to that. I guess I knew enough about, I was always into science and stuff. So I, I, I knew enough about how the soil works that I knew like, all right, there is logic to why this is true. It's not like I'm kind of just making it up that it's better, but I didn't necessarily know why it would be better. Uh, in the process, fuck, maybe it's, um, uh, maybe it's personal bias, you know what I mean? Because if I spend all this time learning about something, maybe I still think it's better. But I still to this day think that every time I smoke somebody's hydroponic weed, it's just not as good, like recognizably not as good. Uh, even the hash, it will be recognizably not as good. Like everything about organic, so even kind of crappy organic growing ends up being often terpier than some of the terpiest uh, uh, sort of synthetic quote unquote growing. That's not always the case. And as I've been saying this, there's a couple times that I remember meeting at the Tasting Society where someone brought some absolutely fucking banger weed by and it was, you know, NFT tables or whatever else. Uh, that happens for sure. You know, when you're a master at something, you can nail anything. But uh, it's so much, so much, so much easier with, with the way I think that I was doing it. And how do I put this? The way I do it, that's a maddening thing about growing. Uh, talking to people on the show, uh, talking to people, uh, friends, talking to everybody, every single grow is different. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like when, when someone reads a book, they open it, they read it usually from page one until the end. There's only a few ways to read a book, but there's like a million ways to grow every single possible growth style. So it's like, I could say my style of growing, but actually my style of growing is oddly specific because there's a couple things that I do, only I do. And then because I, only I do them, no one else on the face of the, the earth grows this way. And like everybody else is that way. It's so maddening with growing that way. And so you can explain most of the system and like someone else will be with you like 90% of the way and then suddenly you diverge and like the system changes. But anyway, long story short, I like to call it low till because uh, I'm not fucking with the soil. I'm not doing a lot of weird shit. I'm not, you know, digging into the root zone, whatever. And the key is the microbial kind of interaction on the plants. I hope that was a decent answer. <laughs> I'm used to being on the other side of the microphone. You know what I mean? Tell me more about your shit <laughs> yeah for sure so that was something that we did when we were at the aquaponics search trying to figure out why the the tomatoes didn't taste quite as good as the the soil right so we did a tissue analysis and the two missing nutrients were chloride and silica mm. uh, 
which was very interesting. So we made sure that we upped our silica and switched to potassium silicate. We started adding a little bit of chloride in the form of potassium chloride or calcium chloride, uh, calcium chloride for pH up or potassium chloride for just a bad chloride. Um, <laughs> you can use magnesium chloride as well, which is, uh, um, but you, again, you gotta be careful on the dosage or you can really screw shit up easily. Um, but uh, if you get your chloride up into that, you know, 80 to 110 range in an aquatic solution, it'll really accelerate plant growth rate and help increase uh, um, photosynthesis rates as well. But um, it also improved flavor. But yeah, absolutely. So the, the thing that you don't get in hydroponics is because you, you, um, you end up with a more bland flavor because you don't have that terpene expression. Remember that those terpenes, sorry, those terpenes are uh, being activated by the immune system of the plant. So uh, if you can get those um, immunes, uh, that immune response to be activated without pathogens uh, in as many ways as possible, that's going to give you the best flavor. That's why things like dual root zone planting or just, you know, straight, just increasing biodiversity and even in this living soil gives you a better flavored crop than, than a, you know, sterilized hydroponic solution, which might be a little easier to pull off, but also is going to be more susceptible if you do get um, a pathogen that gets in there, it's going to tear through there really fast uh, at a speed that's going to be much faster than if you had, you know, probiotics that were there to help, you know, outcompete it or, you know, outcompete it for the the food source that it likes to, to propagate on or, or colonize on to reach, you know, pandemic levels or, or, or whatever else. So that's been another thing that uh, that really drew me to, to organic growing is that um, it seemed like the the system had its own kind of um, uh, moats and 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 uh, spears and whatever else. Like how do I say this? So the, the hydroponic systems, the synthetic growing systems, seemed like there was really no barrier to pests. Like you, as a grower, maybe are the only barrier barrier to pests with quarantine and and, and uh, uh, prophylactics and whatever else. Whereas the the organics, like the, there are microbes that physically fill up the spaces in the plants so that other, for example, pathogens literally can't crowd their way in. There's, there's uh, uh, microbes that attack the, the, the uh, pest plants or uh, the, the um, uh, pathogenic pests, right? Like they literally will go in there and they actually start to, uh, um, chitinase, Coot talks about chitinase. The enzymes will come in and actually just start to dissolve their shells and be physically unpleasant to them. Whereas in synthetics, you basically don't have any of that. I guess you could induce some of that, they say, with whatever silicas and whatever else. I guess, you know, these days they sell for super high dollar prices. But fuck, you can get all of that stuff like naturally in the, the organic mediums. When you're talking about chloride and silica and blah, 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 like, well, shit, I wonder what the, 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 how do I put this? I've never tested my soil medium. I wish I would get into testing, but I was just thinking about like, I wonder what the concentrations are in a good soil. Oil. I wonder what the concentrations of silica are. Uh, Coot always talks about silica. I've been thinking about silica for the longest time, how to save money on silica too. That was one of the motivations, by the way. Sorry, go ahead. Silica is the number one available nutrient in terms of, of um, avail like content in the, in the earth's crust, right? So in dirt, that's the number one in terms of total PPMs of all the things that are in it. And almost most soils, it, it's silica. Um, and that's why it's kind of crazy that, you know, to hear people like ignore it in hydroponic and aquaponic solutions because, you know, it, it's been directly tied to the activation of immune system genes in corn and soybeans. You can find white papers on that on scholar.google.com. You know, this is nothing that's, you know, this has been studied to death on big ag, like, you know, corn and Monsanto and all those assholes. They've studied this to death. 
and you can find the white papers on online. It's all published. You know, I've stayed up late at night doing this, but that, that, the silica, what also we noticed when we increased silica was increasing the shelf life of vegetables. So the, the lettuce and stuff like that, we were getting five to seven additional days of, of shelf time in the, in the fridge uh, and just, you know, significantly longer, um, um, you know, fresh times, uh, freshness times, however you want to quantify that. Uh, I mean, you. how do you think that that applies? The, the obvious question is, how do you think that that applies to, to cannabis? I think I've heard that before, that you get longer shelf life. People were even talking, I guess it, it does something different, but the Harpin pro, proteins or whatever. Uh, a friend of mine told me, oh man, that weed, like it never goes bad, but the price is that it's like spongy forever. I don't, I don't remember what that uh, story is. But like, how do I say this? Does the high silica weed, do you think that it lasts kind of fresher, let's say, uh, uh, let's say if it's kind of getting stale at four months, does it last six months, eight months, something like that? I don't know about as far as, as that particular metric, but I can definitely say that in side by sides, the trichome density per square inch was higher and the higher silica um, ones against the controls uh, when we did this in side by sides. Um, you know, when we measured, you know, how many trichomes were in a, you know, set given area under a microscope, <coughs> they were much it's been, denser. It's been really interesting to see. Um, on my show, on some of the other shows, kind of, you know, friendly shows around, and then also just kind of seeing all the different uh, uh, sort of YouTube cannabis shows, how much, um, it's not even necessarily, I'm not even talking about bro science anymore, because I've seen a lot less of the bro science, thankfully, to be honest, I don't know if maybe I just don't watch some of the same channels anymore, or what, but I hear a lot less obvious BS, but I hear still a lot of people really stuck on ideas, like, I, how do I put this, uh, some of the ideas are very innocent, you know, it's not always some kind of, you know, guy trying to be a jerk or something, but uh, even noobs, but also experienced people will be just stuck on stuff and they'll be stuck on flushing or some particular kind of germination or whatever else. And I was thinking when you were talking about, uh, oh, this has been studied to death in big ag. I was thinking how many times I feel like in, in, in kind of our whole scene and this whole scene is very different. There's commercial aspects. I'm not even in the commercial aspect, but I kind of see over the fence, like how many of the people people in the whole cannabis scene are just resistant to, to like obvious already available information you know like stuff that's out there that you can google about salicylic acid or whatever else and like the cannabis people are like well so and so told me something <laughs> there you go god forbid for anyone that doesn't know um if you go to scholar.google.com you can which is wonderful. You can research anything. It's better than any college you've ever been to. So let's just say uh, silica uh, activation of plant genes. And then you can find effective silica ions and nanosilica ions and rice plants under salinity stress. Uh, how it affect you know all different types of things so you can find stuff and what's what's cool about it is let's just use this as an example if i'm on here and i go through and and this talks about jasmonic acid and stuff like that so let's just say i've never heard of jasmonic acid i can click jasmonic acid and i can stop teach myself about this make sure i understand it make sure i understand how it's going to impact everything now i can jump back to my article and hey actually know what the hell they're talking about. If I'm in a college class, I'm stuck with the professor who's going to continue to drone on and ignore the fact that I don't know, I've never seen jasmonic acid, and then I'm mm. stuck, right? So if you're trying to self-teach yourself something, this is a goldmine um, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, 
resources and, and access to different things. You can look up all different types of stuff. And then it's actually, you know, they're, they're actual white papers so that you can go through and look at, you know, whatever it is that you want to look at. You can, you can pull the whole paper up or whatever it is that you want to do, or you can find that same paper on a different, you know, less lockdown hub or whatever it is that you want to do. Right. So um, I'm just clicking through a bunch of random stuff here just, just to give you an example of stuff, but yeah. Um, um, no, man, it used to be uh, you were supposed to, I don't know, maybe maybe you have to kind of go to the right school. Like, how do I put this? Uh, bad teachers can kind of go a long way to, to screw up your life. But it used to be that if you had a good teacher, they would tell you, show your work. And and hopefully it kind of stuck with you. And so my whole life, I've tried to remember, you know, I don't always kind of uh, do it, but I try to remember to kind of show my work. And so, for example, if I don't know something, I try not to talk out of my neck about it. That, that's something that actually a lot of cannabis people do. I try to fucking check it. Yeah, I try to, you know, duck, duck, go or Google or whatever, right? Google these days is not quite as not as evil as they used to be. But uh, fuck it, all those internet companies are the same. But uh, how do I put it? Uh, the information is is right at our fingertips, right? Like this is the... I say this all the time on my show, like this is the time of, well, I guess maybe I don't say this all the time, I should. This is probably the time where you can find the most information at your fingertips in all of human history at the fastest possible time. Like you can literally check almost any goddamn thing. I can't remember all the weird shit that we talk about the show and we talk about a bunch of weird shit and like, oh, I wonder, blah, blah, blah. I wonder how many asteroids fit on the head of a pin or some weird shit. You can look that up and find answers to it. And if you can't, you can find someone who can. It's, it's, um, it's silly that there are people that still stick with these kind of, um, I don't know, even with growing or fucking anything else in life, uh, antiquated, dumb ideas, dumb, disproven ideas. But man, well, they do. We talk about it all the time on the show. We talk, we call it the religion of organics or the religion of gardening. There's some of the stuff that just has no basis in science and it's practiced heavily and repeated over and over to death. And just there isn't any back, you know, behind it like my favorite one is the whole crystals thing let's put crystals under our plants like All right. come on guys come on guys uh, and right. then they'll tell you that the crystals have silica and you're like well i mean yeah but i mean it'll All take right. about four million years for that to break down to the soil you know or like the keegan water the structured water or people the other one i liked is the the one where i've had people give me these little discs and tell me that i can program them for different minerals and I'm like, cool. So you're telling me I can program this from molybdenum? Gold. I can program this for no, gold. No, fuck gold. Fuck molybdenum. We're going for gold. Gold. And and then put it in the water, and it's going to like make that right. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, I understand how chemistry works, right? So unless you have a philosopher's stone, which if you had a philosopher's stone, you wouldn't be hawking that. Um, <laughs> I mean, you go to the the New York, uh, what the fuck is it called? Uh, whatever, you go check the commodities markets to find the most expensive element on Earth. I don't care if it's plutonium or what. And you basically program that device to make that in water and now sell that thing. You said that we could make anything, man, right? Gold, platinum, plutonium. I don't care. Let's make it. If that device is not lying, it can do it. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. uh, we're going to take that to the bank, man. I want to buy, dude, I can already see my yacht. I can already see it. We only need probably, I would imagine we only need like a few pounds of plutonium or whatever. It'd be awesome. We'll buy like, we'll buy two yachts. It'll be, it'll be the shit, dude. Can we make that, can we get that device to make another one of those devices? Right. Or we can make, what's the ones you need for lightsabers? What's the crystal? We can make those too. 
Uh, right. Anyways, dang it. Um, so so that on the note that you're talking about with the probiotics earlier, um, lactobacillus is really awesome for for that as well. Um, in terms of mm. blocking out other nasties, powdery mildew, botrytis, septoria, um, loves to feed on all that shit. Um, and we've proven this. And we're actually. I'm working with two different people. I'm trying to get a university to do a proper study on this. We, we did one in um, Kentucky, but um, they, uh, I'm not really sure what happened with the publishing on it, but um, there was a study done with lactobacillus. That's how I actually figured out about the E. coli. And then we've since used then, since then used it to treat uh, multiple uh, aquaponic facilities for E. coli because they get, um, they test uh, the water and, and test hot for E. coli. So we can actually, um, dose at a one to 1000 rate of, of lactobacillus to treat that E. coli in the system without having to shut the system down. It doesn't screw with uh, the cycling of the system. So I don't have to worry about it screwing up the nitrification process or the other mineralization of the mother microbes. And unlike trichoderma, it doesn't seem to over dominate. It kind of retreats back to or closer or more quickly back to a, a more um, level of stasis with the other microbes. Uh, compared to the trichoderma, uh, at least when uh, the observations that I've done in, in aquaponics, at least I can say that. Soil you might were be saying that I think you were saying that on my show about the um, uh, lactobacillus not becoming overdominant. How do you, people always complain about uh, trichoderma uh, about that. In fact, we were even talking about the EO show, I think about that just the other day. Uh, what do you see? I guess I, I realize I'm interviewing you on your own show, but I was curious about this the other day. Like, what's the sign of trichoderma dominating uh, the grow? Because I, I remember, I guess I'm saying this, I remember someone a few years ago saying that, uh, 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 how do I put this? This was like a complaint. I think maybe people were talking about, oh, don't blah, 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 in context of recharge. And people were saying, oh, if you overdo this, that, the other thing, you might get some pink trichoderma da, da, on the stem. But that was a different form of trichoderma. These days, there are even beneficial products. What do you see when the the trichoderma overdominates? When you get overdominates, it'll it'll bloom out, and then you'll end up with like a like a greener mold on top of the surface. Um, if you get like a super bloom of it, I'm trying to find a good picture. I don't have a. I usually panic and throw it out right away. So, but here's a good picture of like trichoderma, and anyone that's grown other recreational things has most certainly run into this. Um, we'll go ahead and share this here. There you go. You can see the nice green color. Trichoderma is usually that, that greener color, but mm. you can have it. It can also be white uh, in the sport in the, mm. the hyphae form uh, as well. Mm. Depends on the species. But uh, so this, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick Actually, while we're thinking about it, um, our uh, our good friend um, Sterney Scholar passed away on uh, March 16th from a, a drunk driver, and um, uh, yeah, so it really sucks. He was a super cool dude. I went fishing with him out here in Oklahoma. Um, he was at all the Dude Grows Cups. Um, he was at the the uh, 710 uh, Hash Bash and, and everything else. So. Um, it really sucks that uh, he's gone. Yeah, we met him at uh, Indo Expo last year. Yeah, he's been on the show and everything, and uh, he was a good friend. So if you can, um, if you can donate, it would really help his wife. Um, she's going through quite a lot, uh, trying to keep the farm going and everything with him being gone by herself, and uh, she could use a little help. So 
Um, we always try to help out our community whenever we can. And um, uh, we always want to make sure that we can uh, help out people that need it. So if you can, um, please uh, go ahead and, um, and donate. Uh, if you can, please. The link is in the description. And um, you can find out more over at GoFundMe at the Stony Scholar Family Relief Fund. And uh, yeah, just if you can afford it, please please just give, even if it's a couple bucks, it, it would help a lot. So, yeah. And how do I say this? Uh, I don't know, it's a cliche, but uh, uh, I'm not even gonna say it's, it's fucking stupid. But uh, the guy was, um, how do I put it? Uh, a lot of people on, he had a whole menagerie. I remember how fun that was to hear like the birds and the freaking. It, it sounded like there was an entire zoo behind him. I don't know if you've actually seen the, the animals, but I spoke. But, I spoke to his wife a couple of days ago, and she's like, "Yeah, so we have three emus. I need to find a home." For. Wow. <laughs> I was like, "Well, I don't have a fenced-in area right now, or I'd get an offer to take them, but I'm sure we can find somebody that, that can take the emus." <laughs> but uh but yeah it just uh it just sucks and you never know when you're gonna go and he was definitely a, a cool member of the community and uh um yeah i don't know just sucks sucks to see people go and especially going that way and uh, the the lady is is getting is a woman that hit him so she's getting charged and uh yeah we'll, we'll see what happens um but yeah so um so back to, so what are the different cultivars that you like to grow? Do you like to grow more indicas or sativas or what are your different? Uh, I used to be, uh, I don't know, my kind of, even my weed tastes have evolved over time. Uh, I said this, uh, how do I put this? Uh, I guess I say it sometimes on my show, Good, but you guys haven't seen this. Uh, I, I kind of stayed away from uh, weed for the longest time in my life. There was just kind of an ambivalent history in my family and and, and like, like I, what was this? I was like 15 or 16 years old. I was saying yesterday on my show, like our house actually got raided. At like six o'clock in the morning, my family had nothing to do with weed, but they thought that we were growing weed because we had a pellet stove in the basement and they came guns blazed. And I mean, everything, all of it, all of it with the horns and the sirens and all the shit. Uh, and they stayed there for like three hours, literally pulling up every rug as if we were hiding a grow, like as if, but they were checking just in case, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it was pretty traumatic. So anyway, later on in life, uh, it, it kept me from weed for the longest time. Friends would smoke with me, but ah, it's shit, shitty cheaper. Let's, let's move on to something else. I had a spine injury and I wish, wish, wish I'd had weed afterwards because it would help me in the recovery process so fucking much, but I didn't. Uh, later on, later on, later on, I got into it. And wouldn't you know, the, the especially heavy indica, Hindu Kush, uh, anything, the heaviest possible indicas I could find um, would let me go to sleep, would let me rest, would let me go to sleep, would let me relax. And so for the longest time, honestly, I would just go there and say, I don't care what it's called. Give me the heaviest thing that you have. And fuck, it would help me sleep for the first time in ages and ages and ages and ages. It was so awesome. But uh, it didn't take long for me to realize that actually I could kind of modulate my own system and i'm always trying to find like new flavors and stuff i get bored really fast so i was like all right uh how do i put this when i would get my indica i would try something else too for the daytime but like let you give me something else something orange or lemon or whatever else uh how you doing uh and i would uh how do i put this uh i, I started to branch out into those weeds and i was like you know it's kind of me that makes the, the 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 mentality now how do i put this like i was modulating the highs so to speak so i basically started to move away from the indicas and now i'm i'm just a big fan of really like 
conversational, interesting, happy weed. Apparently I bred uh, Morgana to be like giggle weed. You know, I didn't intentionally necessarily make, make her giggle weed, but I'm really pleased that she is giggle weed because that's honestly the weed that I would love to smoke. You know what I mean? So maybe that was subconsciously what I made, but that's definitely not, you know, Hindu Kush. You know what I mean? So I, I hope that answers the question. Awesome. So how can, uh, how can people find your, uh, your podcasts and everything? Uh, uh, Fumador and the flavors on uh, YouTube. I, I realize I have too many names and one of these days I'll, I'll, I'll have to figure out how to tone it down. The show is chronic table. Uh, the channel is Fumador and the flavors on YouTube. I guess everybody that shows up are the flavors. I haven't really thought about whether that's insulting or, or charming. I don't know. I guess I just named the channel that way, but uh, Saturday is bruised with buds. So this coming Saturday, uh, we try to integrate. Um, uh, again, I always try to say it doesn't have to be beer. I mean, we were just talking about drunk driving. Please don't don't, don't ever drink and drive under any circumstances. But the, the show on Saturday is to, the whole idea is to uh, integrate just the wider world of kind of, you know, stuff that we enjoy, wine, food, beer, drinks. I mean, anything that a human being like wants to do with their friends, they used to, they usually eat something, they usually drink something, they have good conversation and hopefully smoke Chiba. And so the whole idea of like bruises butts on Saturday is we kind of do that and we have fun conversation let the hair down and just, you know, goof off. Uh, Tuesdays is kind of the, the interview night. And then allegedly we have a secret show on Wednesday where we just fuck off and bullshit. Coop comes on, we talk about whatever. Yeah, and uh, I know I like to pop on when, uh, especially Saturdays when I'm right. not out and about, it's fun to come on and, uh, and stir the pot a little bit. <laughs> right. It's always fun when you're on, man. Always fun. Uh, the show with you and Coot, I think, has been the, the most watched. Certainly the last few months has been the most watched uh, episode. And, uh, yeah, that was a great one. Cool. I'll have to do it again. Right on, man. Yeah, we have to do, like, a part two. We have to do a few parts. Cheers, dude. Yeah, cool. And, Appreciate by the way, thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. All right. Well, uh, definitely be sure to check out uh, Fumador's uh, show. It's definitely one of my favorites, certainly to pop on. It's one of the only other ones that I pop on to regularly, for sure. So uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, it, we can link to his channels Cheers in the description it. if you guys want to find out more. Thanks for having me, man. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Off to you guys. <laughs> and uh, next up, we have um, uh, Shelly Dunham. So she's a... Uh, a big time cannabis advocate here out in Oklahoma. Uh, she has a daughter who uh, needs cannabis in order to live at all, uh, for lack of a better word. Uh, she really needs it for, for a, whole, a whole bunch of stuff. So um, uh, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. And, Not a problem. Uh, uh, and she also is a, a big time promoter of different cannabis events out here. So she talk to us about a bunch of different stuff here tonight and uh, kind of give everybody an idea of how the, the Oklahoma scene is as well, aside from uh, from the medicinal side of things. So uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Not a problem. Happy to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little about how you came to be a, a cannabis advocate, because you've really uh, gone through a lot, more, a lot more than most. Well, I... Um... Well, first and foremost, I am a patient. Um, I've been medicating since I was, you know, a teenager, just like many people across the country have been. Um, I found myself in high school flushing my Xanax and smoking cannabis to medicate myself because it made me feel normal. I didn't like that out of body feeling, um, but at the same time needed the anxiety suppression. Um, I 
didn't realize the impact that cannabis would have on my life, but I always knew that I had a passion for it. Um, in 2012, my daughter was born. Um, Marley has um, severe focalized epilepsy. Um, it is med resistant in that we tried for the first six years of her life to bounce pharmaceutical to pharmaceutical to no avail. She's not a stent candidate. She's not a surgery candidate. Those things could paralyze the left side of her body. Um, at six years old, state question 788 in Oklahoma here passed. Um, we quickly went into the route of getting her med cards and getting all of that going. Um, and then once we got her med carded and started on cannabis, she was one year, eight months and six days seizure free for the first time in her life. Um, with cannabis alone, we pulled her off of Ativan, uh, Klonopin, Trileptol, the end the list is really endless of the things that we pulled her off of um, for the use of cannabis that was literally saving her life every day. Um, in November, she actually had some fall through seizures come through. We've had some balancing acts in the last couple months, but honestly, she's really this last couple weeks done really well. Um, with that said, that's, that's kind of my turning point. Um, my passion lies with her. Um, I don't want my daughter to live in a world where she is shamed for the very medicine that's saving her life. Um, so that's what I set out to fix. Um, I'm out to break the stigma. I'm out to fix those things and make people realize that we're not just a bunch of stoners out here just smoking weed. We're actually saving lives and changing lives left and right. And it's more than just a plant. Um, so we started, uh, we went... I do medicate my child also, but I do work in the industry as well. Um, I work for a dispensary at Red River Farms um, as a bud tender with the patients, just trying to educate our patients and help our patients every day. Um, but also I started our shell promotions um, and events for cannabis. We do um, public events out at Bubba's Brew House, and we're looking at branching to different places across the state as well, um, to where we host um, cannabis events, just to bring a awareness to the stigma um, and make people uncomfortable. Honestly, I say that all the time. It's my favorite thing to make people uncomfortable, um, but that's really what it's about. Um, if you think about 10 years ago, what you could see on TV and what is okay today, um, it's a different world, but it's because people were made to feel uncomfortable and now it's okay. So I'm here to make people feel uncomfortable, um, about cannabis. I'm here to show them that it's not just a plant, um, that we're all medicating every single day. Um, and the things that it solves it for, I personally medicate for anxiety, PTSD, um, and blood pressure. And I no longer have pharmaceutical medications because of that. That's kind of it in a nutshell. We're just showing off the venue there. <laughs> so what are some of the challenges that you've had with um, uh, being the mother of a, a pediatric patient dealing with the, <laughs> the perils of the, the legalized cannabis? No more locked doors, um, basically. Um, well, Marley is almost nine years old. She has only been in public schools for probably a total of two months of her entire life. Um, and that's just collectively a couple weeks here, a month here, a couple weeks here. Um, she's homeschooled through the rest of it. Um, and that's not just because they're scared of her seizures. We were seizure free for almost two years. Um, it's a matter of federal affiliation and the schools and everything else too. They won't medicate her in the schools. Um, they want me to take my child and 
check her out of school and take her off of school premises to give her a gummy um, to take her back to school, check her back in. Um, and as a single mom, that's not really something that I can do while working a full-time job and providing for my child. Um, so it's just easier for me to do the homeschool basis and go from there. Um, that's just one of the many things that we've had. Um, consistency in medication is a real thing in Oklahoma right now. We really need some accountability here in Oklahoma. We really need um, access to things. Um, for our patients specifically. I do understand we have a huge market for THC specific um, products, but that's not the medicinal avenue that we're trying to go for. Um, these companies don't understand that it's not just THC that we need. We need THC, we need CBD, we need all the different components of the plant, the terpenes um, to work with the endocannabinoid system properly. Um, and that's one of the things that happened is um, in November, it was actually in October when the change was made. The gummy company that we were using for Marley um, changed everything. They went from using a live resin type product where we had um, the THC, CBD, and terpenes involved to a distillate only product that's only THC. They went from using natural flavors to using artificial components. And all of those changes are huge, but yet the packaging never changed and the um, none of us were ever notified, none of us as the patients. Um, those are things that we need to, from a state level, be holding these people accountable for. They should have to release these things. They should have to change your packaging. And especially because it's medicine, if Tylenol went in and changed a big component of their medication and told nobody, what would happen? It would be huge. It would be this huge ordeal, but they don't realize that this is something that we use every day. And just from buying a new package of gummies on a Thursday, my daughter seized on a Monday and a Tuesday, and we've had a repeated issues um, throughout the past couple months from going one year, eight months and six days seizure free. Now there was some other properties in that that caused her to have seizures. There's some details to that too as well, but I still truly believe that if the consistency was there and we didn't have that change along with the other issues that we have, that she wouldn't have had the troubles that we had. Um, so that consistency and that accountability in the state of Oklahoma on the medical program, I think has probably been our number one feat, um, but we're doing the best we can. Um, thank God to Steve Dreds here <laughs> for his help with the Peregrine powders and helping us get her balanced back out and get the things that we do need um, because it's been our only consistent basis that we've had here in the state so far. Well, I'm glad we can definitely help uh, provide medicine for the kiddo for sure. And uh... I mean, uh, yeah, it's why I got into this originally was to, to help kiddos and people have heard me talk about that before. And yeah, I, I'm just happy we can help. And, um, you know, there isn't, <coughs> I think it's really, <coughs> it really shows why you have to have a, a medical component, even with a rec component, because there are people that have to have very specific dosages mm -hmm. or certain illnesses or certain weights, like pediatric patients need something at a much different dosage than someone who weighs 180 pounds, right? Like it's just a different, you know, <laughs> you need it, more works, it works completely different too. Like I know grown adults who are even overweight. I know grown adults who are overweight, who can't stand the doses that my eight-year-old tiny human can every human is very different. Um, and that's something that people don't realize either. I, I don't want rec. I'm just that person across the board. I don't think we need to rec ever, um, pay for your license every two years and let's just fix medical. 
Well, um, uh, can you want to talk a little bit about how it's important to get um, good THC and CBD ratios and why different ratios are important for treating different people and how that's, again, another product that's not often on the market in, in, high, in a lot of quantity, I guess. Well, full spectrum, full spectrum products in general are underrated. Um, it's really funny to me as a bud tender, when I have patients come in and they want that highest THC component and I reach in my wallet and I'm like, listen, okay, I'm gonna buy you this just to educate you today. <laughs> and I'll end up buying them a gram of something that's more like, let's give them an 18% THC with a 1.9 terpene. Um, and then I'll go over here and I'll get a 32% THC and with a 0.4 terpene, but this one over here has a CBD and a CBN component as well. And then they take these things home and they're like, what is that? And I'm like, okay, well, come talk to me. Um, what happens is we, we have our own endocannabinoid system and we have our THC and our CBD components. There's so many other components of the plant that people don't know about. It's a new, it's a new and growing industry. And it's something I myself am learning about every single day. Um, but that entourage effect really matters. I like to tell people that the THC is the head high, the CBD is for your body and your terpene gives all that direction. <laughs> it likes, it gives it a, a way to go. Um, and that entourage effect really matters. If you have a THC edible, that's just distillate THC. Sure. You are super high, but when you get that CBD component in there as well, you get that anti-inflammatory components. You get a lot of different other components in that entourage effect with the plant that is really just underrated. I know a lot of people especially get anxiety, paranoia, things like that with high THC components and even high mercine, just the terpene itself, high mercine that increases the effects of the THC itself. Um, and they're not necessarily looking at the CBD and how it can help counteract those effects. Um, so they steer away from oh, well, I don't want this high THC edible when in reality, when you have it like a three to one, for instance, like you were saying before, you have your, um, say it's three times higher in C, I guess be backwards is what I'm trying to say, one to three. It'd be three times higher in CBD than THC. In that same person, that dose is gonna work better for them because that CBD is gonna help counteract the psychoactive components. Um, but educating people is really hard too. You can't throw too much information in these people's faces at one time. So it's kind of more about building relationships from the beginning with them um, and getting them to come back so you can build on that foundation from there. Um, it's kind of baby steps with these people because if you overload them, they get scared and they don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's definitely uh, something I think a lot of people don't understand is the importance of the terpene makeup for sure. Definitely, uh, especially when treating people like your your daughter can make oh, a yes. huge difference in terms of either treating seizures or causing more. Absolutely. Um, like night and day difference. Uh, Mercine and limonene are the opposite of what I need for her. <laughs> like that's I don't need that direction even kind of. We need the other side. We need the linalool, the carophylline, the the, the sedative properties that calm her because anytime that she elevates or is too excited to anything in that direction, her body's fighting something that threshold drops and we have seizures. Um, so keeping her calm is a big deal. And a lot of people are like, well, you're just keeping her stoned all the time. You're just keeping her messed up all the time when that's not the case. What really is happening is no, they, I pulled her off Klonopin. The state of Texas right now is we just moved from doctors in Texas um, because 
They want to force me to medicate her at 0.5 Klonopin every four hours of her life on top of our regimens with cannabis. Um, my daughter would be a zombie. My daughter literally would sleep every moment of her life and have zero quality of life and honestly probably wouldn't remember most of her life at those doses at a constant. Um, we do use Klonopin at this point um, just kind of as a crutch as we're increasing medication doses and playing, but it's as needed at a lower dose than that 0.5 every four hours. Um, sometimes pharmaceuticals are a good component to help, um, but I don't think that it's the go-to answer for it all either. So I bet you there's some people out there that have kids that have seizures and stuff that are kind of trying to figure out if they should give their kids CBD or THC or what. Do you want to talk to them about like, or just kind of talk about, you know, the experience of kind of figuring out if that was what you wanted to do. And then also just kind of the whole, you know, initial couple doses and how that went and just, you know, cause I'm sure there's people that are listening to this going, Hey man, like I'm, I'm in that situation. And I was know, that parent. So I know there is, I know there's parents out there that are like, what do we do? And I was that parent before state question 788. And that's why we jumped on board. Cause we were ready to move to Colorado. We didn't know what else to do. We didn't know what route to take next. And little Charlotte up in Colorado was bringing a lot of hope to a lot of kids everywhere. Um, I personally um, did a lot of research. I Google's fun and all, but don't just Google. <laughs> Go, you read the research. There's you can Google actual research studies and it opens up a whole different part of Google you didn't know existed called Google Scholar. <laughs> and you can learn actual research and not just what these people want to sell you and in information. Um, and that's where I would say start is read. Knowledge is power. You need to know before you're feeding it to your child because there's so many unknowns. And I can tell you, no, I'm not a professional. No, I am not a doctor. No, I'm not any of those things. But I can tell you that every single time I walk in a doctor's office, I'm educating doctors every single time. So know your business first. <laughs> and especially because protecting your child is a big deal. And I will tell you that more than once CPS and DHS has been threatened, never happened because they don't have a leg to stand on. She's med carded. But it will be threatened. And I have the educational standpoint to come back and say, no, sir, we did this. We followed this. We did these rules. She takes this, this, and this, and this is exactly how we do things. This is when we do things. And it gives you a leg to stand on as a parent to protect you and your child. Um, so before you ever even start medicating a child, I would say start there. Ed educating yourself is going to be the most important thing. Um, from there, I would start with CBD. Um, I don't think that THC honestly is a place for most children. Um, and I just, I just don't, I don't think it is for most. Now Marley did require that component. Um, but I would say start with CBD with Marley. We started at low dose CBD. Um, she started at about 15 to 25 milligrams in tincture formats. Um, we quickly realized that was not effective. She is one of those people that requires more medicine than most people. Um, she has a higher tolerance from the beginning. Um, so we ended up going to 50 to 75 CBD just to start. <clears throat> and it wasn't, we got great mood altering um, components. She was happier, not tired, but happier. Um, but it wasn't necessarily working for the seizures. Now, when she would have a seizure, it would stop them, which was something 
I hadn't seen. It would make them not as long. Um, I say stop them. Marley has hours long seizures, not just small seizures. So instead of having a two, three hour seizure, she would have a 20, 30 minute seizure. Um, still substantial, really, really long seizure, but it would make it less severe. Um, and then we introduced in low dose the THC component because we then were, okay, looking at we need the psychoactive component. We need that calm because we're, we're, we're competing against Klonopin and Ativan and some of these other components that essentially dope your child and keep them very, very sedated. So we did need that sedative calming psychoactive component of the THC for her. Um, so we did add low dose THC. We started at 2.5. Eventually it was five milligrams. And for a year, eight months and six days, seizure free, she would dose five milligrams THC to, um, 25 CBD during the day. And then her night dose would double. Um, and it was a perfect dose for her. And now we're back to doing different things. Um, but honestly, I would dose accordingly, give it at least a couple weeks before changing that just to kind of see how it works. Um, obviously if you have adverse effects, go from there. Um, but it's really case by case basis. It's every single person has a different reaction. Um, but what I can say is that it's never killed anybody. Nobody's ever overdosed. Um, and that your baby's going to be okay. And that's something that I can't say for anything else they've ever handed her. That's definitely, definitely true because they, uh, certainly with the clonopins on the, on the kid, it doesn't take that much to, uh, overdose them compared to, uh, any cannabis medicine, so which uh, again is is damn near impossible, or is impossible. It's never been recorded. So. Never. Um, now, what about uh, in terms of methods? You, uh, you know, what's the best way you found as far as ingestion for her? Um, you know, if, if someone's out there in in trying to figure this out in in you know some other state, what what do you recommend as far as um, you know the right product to get them started on? Um, well, for children specifically, um, obviously I'm not just handing my eight-year-old a joint. That's not how this works. Um, we started with tinctures, but it kind of became a quality of life of, she just doesn't like it. <laughs> and we were medicating every four to six hours. And so for her being such a med child, um, I wanted to make it more comfortable for her. So we tried to move into edibles. Now edibles is a whole different ball game because what you eat and what you put in your body has a lot to do with how you react. Um, <clears throat> For instance, I can feed Marley bacon for breakfast and then medicate her. And then her medicine hits her right now, all of a sudden, and she's way too high, way too quick. And it's just all right now. Whereas if I feed her something more water soluble, a cereal, a yogurt, something like that, um, it doesn't hit her all at once. And it more, it almost more time releases out for her um, because of the water soluble versus um, the fatty properties of greasy properties. Um, she, the things that she eats does have a lot to do with it. Mango, lemongrass, thyme, all things like that are going to increase the effects of her THC. So those are things that I try to keep from her diet, um, around dosing time specifically, just because I don't want to increase those effects for her. Um, we don't like to get high. We don't say that word specifically to her. We like to do medicating as a word. Um, even when I medicate, it's mama's medicating. Um, but that's just, that's kind of how we do it was with edibles. But again, 
know what you're doing, <laughs> do your research, um, read it, read and know how your body reacts to different things, how it's going to affect it. Um, the research is out there and it's very easy, easy to find. Um, and I'm always happy to help anybody any way I can. I put my phone number on every social media platform I have call or text me. I'm always happy to help any way that I possibly can. Um, I am busy with that said, cause I do that, but I, I will be there to help any way that I can. Um, but it is very by the person, by the situation. Um, there's a lot of components to it. Um, what else do you take? What else do you have? What are your other diagnoses? There's a lot to all of it on what you're going to put with it. Is there any particular cultivars or anything that you'd recommend to people to start off with? Um, well, I mean, or ratios maybe. It, it's really, it varies. It varies extreme. Um, as far as consistency and quality, um, I have, I have processors I believe in, I have growers I believe in, um, but they're very far and few between. <laughs> so, um, pretty much, um, as far as the edibles and stuff go, um, we live with our peregrine powder with you guys. Um, I don't really have another edible company that matches consistency. Um, right now, I just don't, they're just not making consistent quality product, everything for the most, not everything. I'm not going to say everything, but right now, for the most part, we're, we're dealing with a world of THC distillate edibles, um, because that's what sells <laughs> and that's not what's needed, but it is what sells. Um, I know that Apothecary Extracts um, is definitely my extract company. They have recently launched a live resin gummy that I'm excited to get my hands on. Um, and they will be strain specific. Um, and that's going to be huge. Um, having strain specific live resin gum gummies from a company that is as big as they are, meaning that our batches are going to be big. Our consistency is there. Our quality is there and they are trusted across the board. So I'm really excited to get those gummies in the state and have the friendship that I do with the, that company, um, to see if we can get some of those in our hands also, um, and then I personally medicate flower um, and Red River Farms all the way. Yes, I work there, but I've smoked their flower long before they wrote my paychecks. So consistency and quality means a lot. So do you want to tell us a little about some of your upcoming events that you have? Oh, hey, Afro man's coming to Durant, Oklahoma, y'all. <laughs> 418 Sunday fun day. Um, we open the doors at three o'clock um, till bar time. Um, Afro Mansa and Kid Linen. Kid Linen's gonna open for Afro Man. It'll be a seven to eight o'clock that night. You guys, Afro Man has agreed to 83 minutes stage time in Durant, Oklahoma. This is huge. Um, if you've ever been trying to sing because, because you got high at the top of your lungs, it's now. Now's the time. And you and can I'm smoke excited. a joint there. And you can smoke a joint there. Bubba's brew house is 420 friendly all the time. You can just bring your little box of goodies, whatever you want, your dab rig, your torches, your things, and your friends, and you come out and you hang all the time. Inside, outside. If you're at the bar getting a drink, you can light your blunt. It's fine. Nobody cares. It's a great time. 
Oh yeah. yeah we're doing all sorts of stuff out there. I'm so excited. We've got Paul Wall coming in May. We've got Afro Man for April. We're working on a reggae fest. I might or might not be collabing with this guy right here to try to do some things this summer. We got all sorts of things we're trying to get going. We're real excited. Oh yeah, we got some stuff planned for the summer for sure that uh, is under wraps right now, but we got some some cool events planned out here that are educational and cannabis related as well. We'll leave it at that's that. That's important. We gotta, we gotta educate these people. It's so hard. I'm telling you every time, but the patients, the patients come in there and I get, you know, depends on who the patient is. Sometimes I get a few minutes with them and sometimes I get a hot minute with them, but like, even so it's never enough time to feed them with all the information that I need them to know. And, and it's just, it, it's too much to take in and then you got to be careful with it too. It's a lot to take in. And I really wish a lot more people would delve into that side. I honestly can't say that I would have, if it wasn't for Marley and I get it, I get that we're all just smoking weed. I get that. But at the same time, once I learned what I learned for Marley, I learned how to medicate myself better. And now I appreciate and love weed far more than I did before I knew what I know. Awesome. Well, yeah, I definitely had fun hanging out with Kid Lennon after the, the last show. Him and I hung out and smoked some weed afterwards. It was a lot of fun. So, Well, he's coming to hang. Um, he actually is coming at three. Um, the shows are not till seven, but he has said that he will be there at three o'clock to hang out for the day. He's, he's there for the event. Sorry, my dog decided all of a sudden to start chewing on my feet because he's a brat. Oh, hello, doggo. <laughs> He's still a puppy. He's will be a month, a month old next, or a year old next week. So he's getting quite big. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So uh, definitely looking forward to those events. Um, if any, again, if anyone has never been there and you're you're oh, coming, and this weekend we're playing volleyball. It's free at the Bubba's Brew House where you can smoke weed for free. Um, you can come in there, and uh, we have the bar open. We do have the hippie heifer food truck. Um, but we have uh, dispensaries, processors, growers from all over the state, literally from the other side of Tulsa, from Edmond, all over the state that are coming down. We have 12 teams right now on the bracket that they're going to play on the volleyball out there at the Bubba's Brew House. Um, but it's free. So just come out. Patients are welcome. We're all just going to hang out, smoke, chill. Um, yeah, that this weekend, Saturday, three to whenever we're done playing volleyball. I think I think that's something a lot of people don't know is that Oklahoma's use laws are much more liberal than pretty much most of the rest of the U.S. Um, yeah. You know, there aren't too many other places that have, you know, uh, music venues that are smoke friendly that also have a liquor license. You know, this is yes. it's a pretty unique place that's that's really awesome and uh, just a, a super, super great place. Super cool owners. Um, we've I've done God, probably five or six different events over there now. Jen and Paul um, are so great. I love everybody out there. Their whole team is just a great time. And they love they love the cannabis events. Every time we're out there, they're like, keep doing it. We get to enjoy these because it's not just it's not bar fights and drunk people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's high fives and joint passing, man. It's a total different vibe. And even the the bouncers and the the bartenders, everybody out there have a great time, too because they get to hang out and chill and it's not just crazy loud nonsense <laughs> it's just fun it's very peace vibes i love it oh yeah it'll be a lot of fun and uh 
definitely looking forward to a bunch of uh, bigger names. I know uh, because of it being kind of one of the largest uh, cannabis friendly venues in North America is definitely getting a lot more music traffic than uh, I think other similar, similarly remote <laughs> um, areas do. So uh, I'm super, super excited for sure. Um, is there, um, uh, so tell us a little about uh, the dispensary that you're working with now. Excuse me. I'm working for Red River Farms Dispensary in Durant. Um, we actually have two grows. We have a grow in Marietta and a grow in Medill. We also have a um, Ardmore Cannabis Consolidation, and Ardmore is our first store. Um, and we have Red River Farms in Durant is our second store. Um, a lot of people put a name on Red River Farms as being a corporate brand, but it's really funny because it just started with a room and like 26 lights. They just invested it and invested it to become what they've become. Um, it's a group of really great people that I'm really happy to work for. Uh, my first day of employment, I was told that they didn't want to do a lot of deals. And I was kind of shocked by that because I'd come from a market where we just do deals. Um, like that's what we do. We compete dispensary dispensary is who has better deals and that's how it worked um but my owners looked me in my eyes and they said your patients shouldn't have to wait until tuesday to afford their medication um and honestly that really meant a lot to me um they don't do deals they give you the lowest price they can every day out the door um tax inclusive pricing which helps our patients a lot as well um and I'm finally working for some people that I feel like are really caring about our patients and really caring about the medicinal side of things. Um, our flower ranges from 120 out the door to 205 out the door every day, but we hold the high times cannabis cup for indica and hybrid um, quality, quality flower at an affordable price. And even from edibles to everything else too, it's all the most affordable pricing that you can find. Um, and I just really enjoy that. And finally, honestly, I'm going to say it and I know how live we are, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, this is the first place that I've worked from the back to the front does every single thing they do by the book, by the law. And that, that means a lot to me. Um, we're trying to do a lot of things at a state level for the me medical programs for my daughter, letting these kids medicate in schools, things like that. And I've put my name out there for a lot of different things like that. And I'm really happy to finally work for some people um, that kind of give me a leg to stand on when it comes to compliance um, to where I don't have to worry about looking over my shoulder on an OMA report I'm signing because we're not. <laughs> so um, for the patients front to back, they're doing things right. They don't, they're not going to mess things up. And I can tell you that. Um, and I'm just, I'm really happy to work for the people that I am at this time. Cool. Well, I'm glad you found a place that you like, and um, uh, yeah, definitely can be a, a, an issue out here. I know I've run into issues with different things uh, at different places. Certainly in the Tulsa area, for sure, uh, I've run into some issues, and then occasionally I've walked into some pretty outrageous stuff doing consulting. So uh, I definitely feel you there. Where I've, I've certainly gone to grow. I went to Unger out in California, where. Um, I walked in and I was just like, well, I'm just going to leave. And I don't even want a check from you. Like, <laughs> this is insane. This is ridiculous. He said, <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, um, 
if anyone else is interested in, in local in Oklahoma, um, I actually run the Bryan County uh, Green Club. We meet the second Tuesday of every month currently at Cloud Nine. Yes. When we outgrow that, I think we're going to we have a local spot, probably end up over above us uh, before too long. Once we grow a little bit bigger, we pretty much are, are packing that room pretty solid uh, every week or every month now. So uh, definitely check that out if you're looking for info on that. It's Cloud Nine in Durant if you want to come check us out the second Tuesday of every month. Um, definitely a, a cool place if you want to just uh, learn in person in Southeast Oklahoma. Uh, there aren't a whole lot of places that uh, do that kind of thing. It's just kind of a cool place to come hang out. Um, so uh, uh, why don't you tell us, um, uh, uh, is there any good resources out there for someone that, uh, that you recommend for someone that might have a, a child such as yourself that, um, you know, they can educate themselves? Is there any kind of like good consolidated resources or anything like that or websites or, you know, anyone that you followed that you thought had some pretty good advice or anything like that that, um, you know, helped you with, with helping her? Um, as far as like good solid resources, no, there is groups and other people. Um, Young Wheaties specifically does a lot from a state level. Um, Jack Kaywood and his mom are the ones that found that. Um, Jack himself is a, um, I believe he's 16 now. I don't know. I followed this kid for a couple of years and he's somewhere in that age group. Um, but anyways, he goes to the state level and sp speaks to these um, lawmakers himself <laughs> and this little kid has actually made it to where he can vape at school like he has to you know go to the little nurse's station but he has a room that he's allowed to go into hit his little vape car and go back to class um they've made huge strides there for him um and his family and young weedies does a lot of things for that too they have they help with um getting the patients their cards they help with finding the right doctors for that they'll help you find doctors from there and it's really just become a group of moms um, who didn't have anywhere else to go um, and we all just kind of work together and if I can't help them the other moms will step in anybody else like there's it's just a great community um, they do require that either you or your child have some sort of a relation to a child that's medicating um, they want you to have something to do with child uh, children medicating with cannabis because that's just the whole thing about it. But um, it's a great resource for me anyway. Um, and then um, there's also what is that? It's called something autism, and I can't remember. She's also in that group though. It's it's in that group, but it's cannabis and autism with um, Paula Venegas, and she is having really great strides with medicating her child who has autism, severe autism with cannabis. Um, and that, that story in itself is pretty amazing too. And she is, um, has cannabis and autism on Facebook as well. Um, and it's in the young Wheaties group as well. So you'd be able to find her information there. That's cool. that, they're really the only people that <laughs> we've had, <laughs> we try to reach out. We've tried to look in there. It's just not there. Yeah, the only other resources I'm aware of are like the Calaveras Network or, or um, House of Harlequin. Uh, mm -hmm. I know they they both do a bunch of work, but he's there. Like you said, there aren't a lot. I know uh, there was one other group in Colorado, um, the Slaughtered Pig Society, I think it was called. And then there was anyways, there's like these little micro groups that are, are just kind of, you know, little lo mostly local area or, or individual city groups. And it is kind of hard to find those those, you know, wider networks, it really needs to be something that, you know, is made easier for sure. Right. So, 
All righty. Well, I don't want to take up your whole evening. Uh, I very much appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on. Um, uh, do you want to tell everybody how to uh, find out more information about you and what you do? And then maybe, um, you know, a resource if somebody wants to reach out to you to talk to them about their, their kiddos stuff. Um, I am Shelly Dunham on Facebook. Um, I have Shell, it's Shelled Cannabis Advocacy and Promotion is our page on Facebook as well as Instagram. Um, I will, my phone number is 806-260-1099. You can call or text me. I am there for our patients. Um, I'm willing to help these moms. I'm willing to help these people. Again, if I don't answer immediately, I will respond when I can. Um, I am a busy lady and a single mom, so I do what I do, but I also am willing to help any way that I can as I can. Awesome. Well, I very much appreciate you, uh, taking the time to come on and, uh, and, you know, educates people about, you know, pediatric patients. I don't think a lot of people get a chance to hear from um, the parents of these kids firsthand. Um, you know, they, they see a lot of stories on the news, but they don't actually get a chance right. to actually hear the story firsthand and hear some of the different things that they go through. So. And I'll tell you just from being one of those parents on the news that they also manipulate those stories to what they want you to hear. That's a real thing. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for coming on. Not a problem, man. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. And uh, and uh, uh, we'll have a, a link to her uh, her her um, events there on, on on the description as well. Uh, I'll get that from her after the show. Appreciate that. Thank you. And um, uh, uh, thanks everybody. Um, Marty uh, had some stuff come up this week and wasn't able to join us. He was hoping to join us late. Um, I've had a, a bit of a wild ride lately, and then last week was my birthday, so I decided just to say screw it and not do the show. So, um, But we do have some cool people in the queue. Um, I've been talking to uh, Gypsy Nirvana. We'll have him back on the show again. I know a lot of people are really wanting to hear from him again. And uh, we have some other very cool people who I will rename nameless at the moment that are, are in the queue for the show that I've been talking to by email. And um, we're working on planning the next Aquaponic Cannabis um, conference. We're going to do a virtual one, but we might also have an in-person component. We're going to kind of wait another month or two to see how that goes. Um, so that'll be fun. And then also working on some educational events for the second half of the summer. I think it'll be kind of time to reopen things and uh, working with a couple, some people on organizing some larger educational events. Super stoked on that. Um, Marty and I have been working on new content for the uh, virtual or the aquaponic cannabis class. If you aren't aware, uh, apmjclass.com. Marty and I have a very extensive um, uh, online aquaponic cannabis class that covers a huge range of topics and we're constantly adding new content to it. Um, so definitely look forward to that. Um, we're going to be doing, uh, oh man. Um, if you're looking to buy the class, we are going to be doing a sale here soon. We have, I got to talk to Marty to confirm the date, but uh, as we come up here on 420, we'll be putting the class in sale again for, for a short while. So if you're holding off on buying the class, uh, uh, again, uh, it'll be a great time to do it. And then also, um, we've been having a, a lot of uh, more people getting newts over at apmjnutes.com. Um, we actually have a whole wide range of aquaponic cannabis nutrients, or you can buy your, your buy the week uh, or buy the uh, um, uh, for veg and flour and buy the gallon on your system uh, for your, your aquarium system if you're running that and, uh, and help with your, your blooming 
and your veg and, and everything else with your flowering crops or cannabis over apmjnewts.com. And uh, yeah, uh, Shelly's pretty cool. Uh, uh, I always like talking to her. Uh, we make medicine for her kiddo. And um, we, we've been talking about trying to get her on the show for a while. And uh, again, you, you don't get a chance to hear from them, the parents of these, these kids that have these seizure issues. You always see them on the news, but you don't ever hear them um, you know, firsthand. So we wanted to actually have her on. And uh, yeah, she, she does a lot of the organizing of the bigger events out here. So it was always fun to have her on talk about that as well on a, on a lighter note. Um, you know, we don't always have, uh, you know, try to try to, to change it up a little bit as well. Um, so um, uh, definitely uh, uh, good to have her on and um, appreciate her taking the time and, and the kind words she had for us about the stuff that I do uh, uh, for her. And then, um, yeah, uh, thanks everybody for coming on. Um, we'll have some pretty cool new content. We have uh, quite a bunch, quite a few new facilities coming online here this spring uh, across the U.S. So I'll be back uh, traveling quite a bit again. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, things are kind of starting to feel like it's getting back to normal. Um, you know, I, I, this will be coming up here. It'll be my second trip this year. So, uh, it's nice to go back into the, do the airport, uh, the groping again. And, uh, you know, it's getting a little lonely, so it's always nice to get groped and, uh, and felt up by TSA, you know, uh, if I'm going to pay all that money, you, you, you choose the opt out and at least get, get a nice little, uh, rub down. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't actually mean it, but it is fun. Uh, to uh, fuck with them. Um, if you have dreadlocks, they're going to search you every every time anyway, so you might as well just opt out. Um, they're going to search you anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, it just saves you time of having to go through, get scanned, and then get searched. So it saves you about five minutes. Um, uh, but uh, a lot of people don't know that you actually still can opt out of the scanner. Most people think that you don't have an option. You can just tell them you're an opt out. And, uh, and away you go. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody for watching again. Um, uh, we'll we'll be back again next week. Um, trying to think if we have anything crazy coming up. Nothing that comes to mind. Uh, we have some cool new facilities to be filming at, uh, and um, some new products coming out this year. We have some CBD products coming out later in the year uh, that we'll be talking about that we're almost ready to launch, and uh, some other cool stuff. So. Um, um yeah thanks everybody for watching we'll catch you guys again uh, next week you can find me at potent ponics at soundcloud itunes spotify youtube uh and uh, and all the things um i am working on a new educational series uh for wednesdays i'm trying to have a recorded video that goes up on wednesdays around 4:20. um i'm not going to be 100 percent on that but I'm, it's it's a new goal for this year and then we're going to be doing some just random streams as well. We're going to have the Thursday show, but we're going to be doing some randos um, at different events, different live streams at different cool places that we're going to be working with. Uh, and just some other random, more, you know, less scheduled content that's going to be a little bit more detailed and in-depth uh, and more focused. So um, Marty and I are going to work on some cool stuff we have in the works. And uh, yeah. Uh, I guess that's about it. Uh, I will see you guys again soon. Uh, stay safe out there. I know there's a lot of wild weather this week and uh, don't do anything crazy in the tornado or anything. And uh, and we'll catch you guys again next week. Cheers. Oh, and uh, donate to Sterney Scholars uh, thing, would you please? He was a super great guy, big community member and a big supporter of uh, 
of the community and just a great guy. Him and I went fishing. I caught a four foot spoonbill. He helped me land the thing, took the picture, super cool guy. So if you got a couple of extra bucks, please do click that link.